Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. It is uh, Monday, May 17th, 2021. Uh, I am your host. I am Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark. Andres, hello. Uh, it's nice to be here. Hopefully, everybody uh, feels comfortable coming in. Let's talk it over. We have plenty of minor league baseball stuff to talk about. We have two weeks worth of minor league baseball to get caught up on. Uh, we are at the quarter mark of the major league baseball season. We can talk about my new setup. This will probably be my permanent prospects after dark setup moving on. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, we have a small window uh, to, to talk about baseball, uh, a lot of baseball. Again, two weeks of minor league baseball quarter mark of the major league baseball season to get into a uh, gm gersh says kyle you beautiful human hello gm gersh a uh, jt frisch says wait 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 periscope is back so technically this is twitter live it's not periscope uh but it's the same thing twitter had bought periscope a long time ago and now they use twitter live as their version of periscope uh also you can watch us on twitter live you can watch us to the birds on the black youtube channel uh, if you like you can watch it on my Twitch, which I don't even understand. That's K-Y-L-E-R-E-I-S-416. Check it out. Uh, yeah, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, Cardinals fan 22 says, the Cards outfield is looking good, and I'm with you. You know, uh, Harrison Bader has really turned the corner, it seems like, since coming off of the aisle at the beginning of the year. He looked like his, his he looked like what he looked like at the end of the 2020 season. That's all exciting. Tyler O'Neill played some bad plays out in the outfield. Uh, he's had some really good moments at the plate since coming off of the IL. That's good. And Dylan Carlson is being Dylan Carlson. All of these things are positives. All of these things are awesome. So the Cardinals outfield is looking good. Some of the minor league outfielders are looking good. Uh, and we'll get into those guys here in a little bit. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Fleming 50 says, hi, Kyle. I have to ask, did you snag that Alexander steak uh, post Chiefs game? No, we went to... Um, a little Irish pub that Matt Rumler, uh, real that Matt Rumler recommended for us, and it's like Kenny's Irish Pub or something like that. It was awesome. We got a, we got some uh, uh, some tater tots. Uh, it was amazing. Great drinks there. It was the first time I've been in a bar. No one had a mask on. It was surreal and a little alarming. But then, honestly, you kind of get used to it, and we're all ready to get back to normal. But uh, before I get too far, I want to raise my glass of bourbon tonight. We are drinking Four Roses single barrel. We've polished off. Uh, we're going to raise our glass to both Troy Pool and his awesome son Zach Pool. Uh, who I got to meet in person for the first time in Peoria when I was in Peoria this weekend. Zach actually gave me this awesome Peoria Chiefs shirt uh, that he caught when they were throwing the shirts out, which was awesome. Uh, so to, to them, I raised my glass. And I also raised my glass to Matt Rumler, uh, who I got to meet. He and his lovely wife told me some great stories about some of the great interactions they've had with the Peoria people. So to all of the people, uh, all the pad people, but all the people that I met in Peoria this weekend, to you, I raise my glass. Rocket season 13 says, Kyle, respect all the hard work you're doing for us to keep us in the know with the future. Um, yeah, I hope everybody is, uh, isn't overly inundated with the amount of gifts that I put out there. I'm just trying to show you guys. And also I hope that you guys kind of get an understanding of what I go through on a daily basis. Uh, while all of this is going on, I have three games on, I have audio for four games on, including Palm beach. I'm just trying to consume as much uh, information as I possibly can. And I want to be able to show you guys that. So I hope that you're enjoying it. I hope it's not too much. I hope it's not uh, over inundation. But uh, again, thank you so much for sticking around and, and being a part of um, uh, Prospects After Dark via my Twitter account and a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, gifts. Now, if you guys, if there's anything that you want to see in particular, let me know. Like, if you want me to key in on David Vinsky, I'll key, I'll key in on David Vinsky. Uh, Cole Aker. If, there, if there's guys down in the the triple, you know, triple A, single A. 
Um, I'm, I'm all about keying in. Just let me know what you guys want to see, and I'll get it for you. JDizzy15515 says, is this a new room? So uh, it's kind of adjusted. Now, to kind of give you an idea of how we used to do prospects after dark, this thing here, hold on. This thing here used to be over here, uh, which you can't see. And the Langford jersey was here. <laughs> uh, anyways, I've just kind of adjusted my room a little bit to make it a little bit bigger. And this is what we're dealing with. So not a new room exactly, just uh, an adjustment of the old room. J to Z, let's see. Uh, Cards Clone says, what up? What up, Cards Clone? How are you, friend? Uh, FZN Ludwig says, so glad to finally make another pad. Uh, FZN Ludwig, welcome to Prospects After Dark. It is a pleasure to have you a part of it. Uh, I'm also drinking not only uh, bourbon, I'm drinking a Mazagave from Founders. This is one of my favorite beers. Kind of tastes like a beer version of a key lime pie. Um, so I will raise my glass to all the pad people who are in here for a Monday night episode of Prospects After Dark. It's like 10% alcohol. It's a really good beer. Uh, Grizz Nasty. Dennis says, do this on Twitch and I'll sub with my Twitch Prime. I don't know what that means, uh, but I'll dom you with your, with your Twitch Prime. You be the sub, I'll be the dom. We can role play. I'll be the dom. You be the sub. I don't, I, I, you be the dom, I'll be the sub. I don't care. I'll dom and sub with you any day of the week, Dennis. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Fleming says, Kenny's Westside. Yeah, Peoria is a cool town. It was kind of dead, uh, as nearly a lot of places are. Uh, but I enjoyed my time in Peoria. It's been a long time since I've been there, so that was really cool. Jimmy Fleming also says, uh, um, Bradley, grad, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, to all the Bradley people, I raise my glass. You know, Bradley has a huge footprint in Peoria for obvious reasons, but it's a really cool town. I, again, everybody, if you're near a minor league town, go see it. They they need you They need you in the stands. Uh, and, and Peoria is an awesome town for all you middle Illinoisans, uh, Indian, Indianapolisians, uh, and anyone in the area, like, go see minor league baseball. It's awesome. Where are we at? Oh, uh, Jay Gunter 15 says, I'm on board with Twitch idea. So, again, you can um, you can see this on Twitch. Again, it's K-Y-L-E-R-E-I-S, 416 is my name, and then a 416 at the end of it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to Twitch, and we'll figure it out. IONX says, early thoughts on Griffin Roberts. They aren't positive. You can tell that he's overthrowing. His mechanics are kind of kind of sloppy. He's walked a lot of guys. He's thrown a lot of wild pitches. His slider, which can be good, it doesn't seem like he has a grip on it. I don't know if he's adjusting to a new substance or whatever beats me, but he has not looked good uh, since coming off of the IL and pitching for Springfield. There, you know, his first appearance, he lets up a home run on an opposite field home run on the first pitch. That happens. That's a tough beat. You know, your first appearance, you throw a pitch, the guy hits it over the wall. The next appearance is a, the next batter hit a bloop in front of the center fielder. And then from there, it just kind of gets weird. Walk, walk, wild pitch, run scores, and then a dominant K. And that's kind of what's going on uh, with him right now. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for everybody. But hopefully he gets it together. I, I have not – his velocity has been in the low to mid-90s, which is good. His slider has looked good when he's gripping it well. Um, but he's really got to get it together. And right now I would say he's been one of the – and again, when we say yeah, a disappointment, remember we're talking about – 12 minor league games for each team so far. It's a whole lot of a whole lot of pressure to put on these guys after they missed an entire year. But if, if you had to categorize something as a disappointment, yeah, so far what we've seen out of Griffin Roberts isn't exactly positive. Uh, Troy Poole, who we just cheers to, and his lovely son, Zach. Zach wants to know how you like Dozer and what players you were watching most. You know me, Zach uh, uh, and Troy. I watch as much as possible. I, 
I'm just zoned in on the game. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to see Brendan Donovan, and I was kind of disappointed that he didn't play. Uh, and uh, John Torres, he didn't play as well. But, you know, I, I keyed on, on Chandler Redman. Um, you, you know, you guys, uh, Nathaniel Heredia was kind of good. He was an interesting starter. I, I, I still don't really know what to make of him. Uh, you know, Zach, you pointed out something pretty incredible about his mechanics that I'm not going to share here. But he also lowers his release point when he's throwing to lefties as opposed to a righties as a left-handed pitcher. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, you guys know I'm just – I'm watching everything, hoping that things pique my interest. That's just how I, I watch the game. You know, uh, Malcolm Nunez smoked a ball. Alec Burleson smoked a ball. Uh, I love Dozer Park. It reminded me of just the smaller version of Springfield, of Hammondsfield. Um, and I, I love Peoria. I love Dozer Park, and I love getting to meet the Poole family. Our good friend Matt Thompson at Prospects Live says, what's your favorite movie on that shelf behind you? Also, Lars Newtbar season is here. Yeah, you know, Lars Newtbar was a – my favorite movie is Fight Club. And, and I know it's controversial, but that, I, it's on there somewhere, I think. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, you know, Lars Newtbar, he was a decorated high school athlete. And a decorated collegiate athlete. And then he enters the Cardinal system, and he's kind of overwhelming for the type of athlete he is. He kind of lumbers out in the outfield a little bit. He, he takes a good at bat, but just doesn't really seem like he's got a lot of pop in that bat. Uh, so then 2020 goes away, and all of a sudden, it's like he's reached some of his athletic ability. He's, he's like rekindled some of his athletic abilities. I've been impressed with his bat, the pop off the bat. I've been impressed with the way he's uh, patrolled right field in particular. His arm is pretty strong. Um, maybe not accurate, but pretty strong. So, yeah, look, I'm I'm all for Lars Newbar uprising. He, he takes a good at bat. He's not going to strike out maybe as much as some of these other guys are. And he's kind of hitting the ball all over the place to, to gaps. So, uh, yeah, look, the Cardinals need Lars, need Lars Newbar to be as good as possible. Uh, they need Lane Thomas to be back down at Memphis so that he's as good as possible and ready to go. They're going to need these bats. Cardinals fan 22 says, can't watch minor league games, but I have heard really good things about Jordan Walker. Yeah, Jordan Walker is Lucas K. Our good friend Lucas K says, is Jordan Walker the next prospect we anoint a big package to? Uh, yeah, so, you know, Jordan Walker right now, he's making a big, big statement. A lot has to do with those exit exit velos, exit velocity in uh, Palm Beach, low A now. He's hammering the baseball, and he's taking great at-bats, and he's hitting home runs, and he's slugging the ball. Uh, and, you know, I it's hard to gauge all this. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. If this was Jordan Walker's first full season, and it was 2019, and he was in Peoria, which was the low way back then, I'd be gushing over this. I'd, I'd actually get to watch him, too, which we don't get to watch at Palm Beach. It's a whole different thing. But because of the break in 2020, because of the reorganizing of the minor leagues, I haven't really... And I don't think it's fair to say anyone has adjusted to what exactly low A means or, or really any of the levels, but specifically what low A is. What I know is that Jordan Walker continues to impress on a regular basis. Uh, and it's not just us, it's everyone. You know, that that hole that we wrote about and talked about when he was drafted in his swing looks gone. That swing looks smoother than it's ever looked. You know, uh, one of the reasons you draft him is because he's a smart kid who's teachable and who who you know, high character, and it's all paying off, at least it seems like, early in the 2021 season. We'll see how pitchers adjust to him. Uh, we'll see how he continues to adjust himself. But what a great start for the Cardinals' first-round draft pick from 2020, uh, especially a prospect, a draft pick that people were kind of scratching their heads. Some people were scratching their heads about. 
Shades of Wayno 50 says, Kyle, what's up? Hello, Shades of Wayno 50. How are you? Blind Homer says, less uh, Dom sub talk, more minor league talk. Ask the questions, baby. Uh, we'll do MFKs as well. Where would Jordan Walker rank on the Dirty 35? I'm glad the Dirty 35, our good friend Derek, brings up. Um, you know, I don't really have any thoughts about the Dirty 35. I'm not – to me, everybody gets a clean slate. We're starting over. So – and I'm not at the point where two weeks in where I feel comfortable saying that uh, this guy would be number five. This guy would be a top five. This guy would be a top ten. Again, there's just too many variables at work. That being said, you couldn't say that there are many other hitters in the Cardinals organization that have been as impressive at their level as Jordan Walker has. Um, and I'll leave it at that. You know, he's definitely in consideration. I mean, he'll, he's going to be on the Dirty 35, no doubt, when we get to the Dirty 35, whenever we get to the Dirty 35. But two weeks in, we're still adjusting. And, and even though he's been amazing, I, I just want to – Take a step back, not think about rankings, and just appraise, appraise, appraise. And let these kids struggle a little bit. You know, he hasn't struggled yet, and it'll come, and that's really what I'm interested to see. Jeff Niehaus, good friend, fly the L. Oh, God, it does that little jumping thing. I hate it. Uh, yes, Kyle on YouTube. Cheers, buddy. To you, Jeff Niehaus. Uh, cheers to, to all the people on YouTube, all the people on Twitter Live, all the people on Twitch. Uh, we raise our glass of Mazagave. Hey, this is exciting stuff. Moe's algorithm is in here. Hello, Moe's. It's been a long time since we've talked to you. Uh, welcome back to Prospects After Dark. I'll raise my glass of bourbon to you. Uh, R.B. Pinkston says, what are your early thoughts on our 2020 draft hitting prospects? Wynn, Walker, and Burleson. Uh, I look, even L.J. Jones. Like, L.J. Jones, while he hasn't been, like, lighting the world on fire like Walker and Burleson have, L.J. Jones, as a fifth-round pick, has been really, really impressive. Like, that... It looks like a really good fifth-round pick in that draft. So uh, I think all things considered, you know, Ian Bedell's hurt, got off to a rough first start for Peoria, just didn't go his way, and then he was hurt, and now he's on the IL. But I think up and down, you had seven draft picks, and the Cardinals did as good as you could, at least early returns, as good as you could possibly hope for between, you know, Walker than win, and of course, Markevian Hens has not pitched yet. Uh, he's being held back at uh, the extended spring training site. Uh, and then, you know, Burleson has been a monster for Peoria. He's getting beat a little bit uh, now. He had a great first week, had a really good second week. Some approach issues uh, that tend to go with the over-eagerness of wanting to do damage, um, where he's kind of getting beat specifically by tough lefties and also more change-ups low in the zone, late in counts. But that'll go as he gets more and more comfortable. Like, he'll, I have a feeling he'll adjust to that. And, you know, he's hitting bombs. Uh, look, I, I love the draft. I think the draft was great. I thought the, the the seven picks that they had were great then. I like them even more now, even with Bedell struggles. Uh, Prater maybe not necessarily pitching great for Palm Beach. Uh, but uh, I, I like it a lot. I, I couldn't be any happier with the way that things have turned out. Uh, hopefully here in a couple of weeks we'll have a better idea of exactly what's, what's happening and what these guys are capable of and how they're rebounding from struggle. I am Nick Malone says Jordan Walker is going to hit the bigs earlier than projected. Yeah, we'll see about that. You know, we'll see. It's a tough ask. And, you know, think about all the outfielders that we've had come through the system that probably could have made um, major league debuts earlier than they did and didn't because of log jams at the top. You know, uh, look at it this way. Jordan Walker is probably either going to be a third baseman or a first baseman. And Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are still anchored there. And sure, the DH might come, and that might give him a spot. But then who's to say that the DH isn't Nolan Gorman at that point or Lucan Baker or Jan Torres or some of these guys ahead of him? Uh, I think it would be really awesome 
And Jordan Walker is a type of person and player that could get themselves in a position to be at the major leagues uh, quicker than most. And he's definitely hitting the ball really hard right now. But we're talking about 12 minor league games. And again, without having a gauge for exactly what it means to be successful at the low levels in reorganized minor league baseball 2021. Uh, Jigsy says, hey, Kyle, if you pitch for the Cardinals, would you walk fewer batters? No, I wouldn't be able to. Man, my shoulder's tanked. I wouldn't be able to make it home more than like three times. Uh, and then the rest would just be a little trickler. So, no. Yeah. Look, the Cardinals bullpen in particular, John Gann, of course, is a starter. Ponce de Leon, when he was starting, um, the walks have been frustrating. I'm not as dobber down on the relievers as most people are, but look, they got to throw strikes. They've got to throw strikes. Hey, Quinn, how are you? To Quinn. Quinn graduated last week or the week before. So, to Quinn, to all of the collegiate and high school drafted, uh, drafted, graduating. Uh, did I say Quinn was drafted? Uh, to all the people that have graduated from wherever they're graduating from, from we raise our glass of Mazagave. I'm proud of you, Quinn. Uh, you worked your ass off to get there, so good for you. Rocket Season 13 says, is Jordan Walker going to get promoted pretty soon? Is that realistic? I don't know what to think. You know, there have been a lot of injuries um, and a lot of movement. a lot of movement already. For me, I don't think that there's an incentive to promote him early. You know, I still wanted these guys to make it to the all-star break before there's there's aggressive promotions, whether that's Nolan Gorman or or someone else. Like I just uh I would be apprehensive specifically uh uh with um with promoting these guys who maybe don't even have a minor league a full minor league season underneath their belts. You know, pitchers are a little bit different. I have a feeling if you find a dominant pitcher, then you could probably get kind of aggressive with them. And I'll tell you what, you know, Andre Payante uh uh for, for Springfield. He's had some some ups and downs, but yesterday for Springfield, that was the most impressive starting performance uh, that I've seen this year so far, including Matthew Liberter's first start. Uh, Andre Pelante looked just amazing. You know, his curveball was working, his slider was working, his fastball was working. He had a bigger strike zone to work with, which helped. Uh, limited Arkansas to one hit, uh, the Travelers to one hit. And then also Edgar Escobar replaced him and was dominant. And then Grant Black came in and replaced him and was dominant. And that was really exciting stuff, especially for Springfield, who had lost eight in a row or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, like, I think that there's a reason to maybe get aggressive with some of the, the pitchers. But I, I still hold throttle back on some of the, the hitters, at least, and also the highly touted hitters, uh, until the, uh, the, the all-star break or until injury makes uh, forces your hands. Uh, Iwanek says, should we be concerned yet about all the minor league teams struggling? No, look, uh, I know that for many, many years, Memphis was good. And that Memphis team that was good helped farm the major league club. And the major league club was pretty good. But also, isn't there kind of, um, I don't know. I, I To me, like, it's awesome. And I want these kids to do good. I want them to be on winning teams. I think it's important to have a winning culture. Uh, at the minor league level, especially for a team like the Cardinals who prides themselves on their winning culture. And I think it's important to cultivate that. And I think it will be cultivated. But to me, I don't invest so much into the win-loss record at the major or at the minor league level for each team. You know, some of these guys, and it's different now, you know, you're talking about the deduction of two minor league teams for the Cardinals uh, State College in Johnson City. And you're talking about at the Palm Beach level, maybe some guys who wouldn't be playing at a full season level, playing in a full season level. And then you're talking about maybe throughout the organization, there being guys at levels that they normally wouldn't be at. Uh, so with that in mind, I don't necessarily think that 
a team, a minor league team's win and loss record is an indication of the type of success or failure that's happening. And again, when you're talking about losing all of 2020 minor league season, uh, let's let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see how they're winning. Let's see how they're losing. You know, Springfield lost a bunch of games because the defense was kind of shitty and they walked people, which isn't good. You know, uh, the bullpens kind of let them down. You know, that's the other thing. I, I want to know, I want to see that the starters are doing well and that there's a little bit of offense here and there. You know, I don't, that's why I don't give Matt Caesar very, I don't care what Matt Caesar is doing. You know, I hate to be that way. I don't care what Jose Rondon's doing. Nothing against Kramer Robertson, who's had a really got, gotten off to a really good start for Memphis, but I don't really care what, what Kramer Robertson is doing. You know, we want to see the guys who have the potential to make a real impact at the major league level do well. And I think that, you know, it's not as consistent, but I think we're seeing that in parts, specifically with the hitters. And, and again, there's just still so much up in the air. A Cards gift says Zach Silver cheers to the really, really talented Zach Silver. If you're in here, bud, we're going to uh, give you a little cheers of four roses. I really enjoyed following you. Uh, and just keep up your great work, friend. Ah. Sammy Helm says, you're back. I am back, Sammy. Trent Apple says, am I allowed to get overly excited about him? Uh, I guess that you're talking about Jordan Walker. Yeah, look, here's what I'll tell everybody. You know me. I'm a little bit more pessimistic when it comes to the prospects. Uh, I usually tell people to pump the brakes on, on prospects. But I'm going to tell each and every one of you, after we've missed the 2020 season, to get as excited as you want about these prospects. I want you to get so excited about whichever prospect or however many prospects that you want to get excited about that gets you to Springfield or Memphis or Palm Beach or Peoria because those towns need it, those ballparks need it, those owners need it, and the fans, like the players deserve it. You know, some of these guys, uh, some of these collegiate players would play in front of raucous crowds the last time that they played collegiately, and now they're playing at minor league stadiums that are limited. Like, get out there. Let's go out there and let's support the minor leagues, you know, uh, long live baseball, long live minor league baseball, and we need to support it as much as we can. Uh, so, yes, get excited about them all. Get overly excited about them. Get overly, I would say, don't get overly frustrated, as I was about ready to say, get overly frustrated. Uh, don't get overly frustrated, because that's not going to do anybody any good. But, uh, yeah, just just take it all in. Remember, we're taking it all in. In my mind, especially the early part of the 2021 season, I'm viewing it as the Major League Baseball 2020 season. You know, that was such a hectic 60 games, specifically with the Cardinals. You know, uh, 17 days off and then 100 games in 40 days or something like that, whatever it ended up being. I'm just keeping in mind that the circumstances surrounding the beginning, at least, of this minor league season are so weird. I mean, it's even starting late. It's starting a month later than it normally starts. But the circumstances surrounding it are so weird that it isn't easy to, like, gauge it all. So, what I say, again, is just get excited about whoever you want to get excited about. Do it irrationally. Just don't get down on the guys who aren't necessarily performing up to their capabilities. Uh, Cards Clone says, can Walker stay at third? Yeah, you know, I believe Walker can stay at third. Uh, the thing about uh, Walker, if you guys remember, is when he was drafted, it was kind of like the same thing um, as Nolan Gorman. People were like, hey, this guy might not be able to stay. And then Nolan Gorman worked his ass off. And, you know, he struggled a little bit at third this year. That's to be expected. He's he's at Springfield, which is a tough assignment for his type of bat. And he's also learning other positions, you know, second base, getting some time out in the outfield. So, you know, it's not really fair to gauge exactly what he is or isn't right now. There's just too many too many moving parts for him specifically. But I do think that Jordan Walker could stay at third. Uh, I've heard nothing but positives about the amount of work that he's done. Uh, I think it's probably safe to say that in the Cardinals' minds, his future's – well, not – it's probably safe to say that for all of us who are watching at home that it makes more sense that he's a first baseman long term. But, uh, yeah, look, I don't see a reason why he couldn't stay at third right now from what we're seeing. And, again, we haven't really seen it. I can only go on the reports that I've heard. 
Uh, and hopefully here at the end of March, or the end of March, the end of May, uh, when the Cardinals are in Bradenton and we actually get to watch those games on MILB TV, I can zone in and, and give a little bit more honest appraisal. But look, uh, he's he's athletic enough, he's smart enough, and he's dedicated enough to make it happen. Uh, to uh, Stu Styles and, and Jeff Niehaus, we raise our glass to Victoria. Hello, Victoria. Jigsy says, also, go Blues. Go Blues. Go Blues. Cheers to everyone. Uh, Ryan Reynolds says, MFK, Brian Barton, Brian Barton, and Todd Wellemeyer. You know, Todd Wellemeyer is a little too crazy for me. He's the one who, when you were younger, you'd bang. you have, like, a one-night stand with because of how crazy he is. You know, it'd be some weird-ass shit that you never experienced before. But now I'm a little older, and I'm like, that guy's just a little too weird for me, uh, as most women have been saying about me for my entire life. Uh, so I would marry Brian Barton. Uh, actually, you know, I'd bang Brian Barton because, you know, Flash in the pan, one good April means he's good for one romp in the sack. And then you're marrying Brian Barton. Remember, Brian Barton was like an aerospace engineer or some crazy shit, and he had awesome dreadlocks. So uh, that's how I'd sh- that's how I'd shake that one out. Blind Homer says, "Hey, uh, Cards clones probably better if they get him to a new position because Nolan. Yeah, again, we'll see. I think it's important that even just like with Nolan Gorman, can he stay at third? I think it's important that they can stay at third, and not just because Nolan could opt out or whatever, but because that means that they're reaching their potential. It means that they're athletic enough to stay at a reactionary position. And can he stay at third? To me, if he can stay at third, then that means he could probably learn any other position. Again, whether that ends up being first base or DH uh, or uh, in a corner outfield spot. Like, I just think that if, if you're talking about in two years, like this kid is an average to above or average at all third baseman, then you feel confident that he's going to transition to any other position that you need him to and be at least a little impressive uh, and, and majorly capable. Quinn asks, how many seasons will it take Libertor to surpass Kershaw in career achievements over under 7.5? Uh, two years. Two years, Quinn. In two years, Libertor is going to be the best left-handed pitcher of our lifetime. Uh, Redbird Nerd says, where do you see Jordan Walker playing long-term defensively? Again, you know, uh, it's hard for me to project that out specifically because I don't get to see him. I can only go on reports. I've heard nothing but positives about the types of steps he's made. I think if you're playing it out at home, looking at when uh, Paul Goldschmidt's contract ends, I think it makes more sense that you would say, hey, that's a kid who could probably play first base long-term. But I wouldn't put the outfield by him, and you just never know what's going to happen at third base. You just never know. Uh, So my thoughts are he's going to be able to play, hopefully, wherever he ends up. And remember, he's still four levels away from the major leagues. He still is only two weeks into his first full season uh, uh, of affiliated baseball. We don't know much. We haven't really seen him. And let's just let the kid breathe a little bit. But it's a good question. It's going to be something like that's going to be the fun thing to watch about him over the next couple of years. Hopefully his bat is going to play and we don't even have to worry about that. Are we going to say, is he going to be a third baseman? Is he going to be a first baseman? Is he going to be a corner outfielder? Is he just the DH? I think he's more than just the DH. And to me, that's what you take from it. Uh, Jimmy Fleming says, thoughts on this new MLB draft combine? Uh, you know, every major league team seems to out, not every major league team. It seems like the kind of thing that major league teams will use to outthink themselves even further than they do with the major league draft already. You know, the major league draft is known for being in this thing where people just like overthink it, right? And front offices overthink it, especially now that they have X amount of pool uh, money to work with. Uh, you, you might see Mickey Moniak drafted first overall. And then with the hope that the Phillies, the Phillies have the hope that they can use that money that they save drafting him first overall and spend it somewhere else. Uh, it, it's already overthought. You know, uh, Judd Fabian 
uh, for, for Florida is the top 10 pick, but they're talking about him falling outside of the top 10 because teams are overthinking it. Uh, it happened with Seth Beer, who hasn't had a great major league career, but he, he shouldn't have fallen to, you know, 26 or 28 or whatever it was in that draft. Teams will overthink the draft. And to me, while it seems like a really cool thing and something I'm going to enjoy watching, it's just another thing that's going to allow front offices to overthink uh, some of their, their scouting and their drafting, their scout drafting. Quinn says, when is Trajan Fletcher's Cardinal Hall of Fame induction? Uh, as soon as he makes it onto the Palm Beach roster, whenever that is. Hello, Zach Gifford. To Zach Gifford, I raise my glass. Quinn says, Haha, I wish I would have been drafted, but they aren't too fond of guys who haven't played in five years. Yeah, you're telling me. I'm like three, I'm like 13 years past my, my heyday. CardsFan022 says, how is Miles look? Mostly looking at the control side of things. He's looked better and better with each one of his minor league rehab assignments, uh, starts rather. I will say the first inning of his last start, the one that happened yesterday, was a little rough, but he really, really uh, uh, zoned in. He really, really calmed down, and he was pitching great uh, in that start. Now, he did he did hang a breaking pitch to Christian Yelich that Yelich got under. I can't believe Yelich didn't hit it 1,000 miles, uh, so he got lucky there a little bit. But I – look, he's – Miles Michaelis is Miles Michaelis. He doesn't look better than that version of Miles Michaelis that we've seen consistently, uh, you know, the, the median of Miles Michaelis over the three seasons he's been a member of the St. Louis Cardinals or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he looked fine. He looked fine. He looked like he's going to throw strikes. And I think that's important, uh, as as everyone knows. Big Ol' Buck says, what will it take to get Scherzer here this season? Well, it's going to take Washington being really bad and not re-signing him. Because there's always a chance that, you know, Max Scherzer is kind of a valuable commodity to them, even if they're not good. So I think that step one is Washington continuing to be bad. Uh, remember, the thing about Washington is a couple years back when they won the World Series, they were the worst team for the first, you know, what, the first 40% of the Major League season or 35% of the Major League season. So they're going to have to continue to be bad. That's important. And also not re-sign him. And then at that point, to become available, because uh, I still think even if they're bad, I still think Nationals are going to work to re-sign him, to bring him back because he's so valuable to that organization. But, um, yeah, those are two things. And then the next thing will be hopefully a price tag that the Cardinals feel like they can afford for two months of service. Uh, Bookie Dano said, Gunnar Hoglund, yes or no in round one? No, remember, Gunnar Hoglund's hurt. Uh, I could have swore Gunnar Hoglund – his season's over, or he's down for some time. So, uh, again, see how the draft pans out. The Cardinals have the 18th pick overall in the first round. Uh, again, if there's a chance that Judd Fabian falls to them at 18, you have to take him, even if you've got to pay more more money to get him. Uh, so you just wait and see how it all pans out. But, you know, I thought I thought Hoglin was hurt, and if that's the case, then, you know, I wouldn't take him in the first round. Rocket Season says, who would you like the Cardinals to pick at the 18th slot? Again, uh, you know, Cards Clone says Jordan Wicks. I, I don't know, man. The 18th slot, in the last couple of years, what have we learned about that? the 18th, 19th, 21st slot? Is after you get past the 15th pick or so, you're just hoping somebody falls to you. You know, the Cardinals were one pick away from having Garrett Mitchell last year, which would be awesome. They got Jordan Walker, which is awesome too. But, like, that's, that's the volatility of the draft. I, I have no illusions. I have no thoughts about who I want them to take. I'll have that moment as the draft happens. It's a good draft. They're going to get a really good player at that spot. You just hope that somebody falls to them. Again, one of these teams overthinks the draft. Somebody falls to them and they get a stud, uh, like they did with Nolan Gorman, like they potentially have with like they potentially have with Nolan Gorman, like they potentially have with Zach Thompson, uh, and maybe even with Jordan Walker. 
Uh, let's see. Cards clone. Oh, boy. I hate when this thing jumps. I do the questions a little bit differently than this app is used to. Uh, Enchil says, can we change the topic to how sexy Kyle is? Uh, thank you, Enchil. I'd like to change the topic to how sexy you are. First off, just one more time, look at how awesome this Peoria Chiefs shirt is. That comes from Zach Poole, uh, who caught it at the Peoria Chiefs game, uh, and he gave it to me. An awesome thing. Just an awesome kid. To the Poole family, again, I raise my glass. Matt Rumler, too. Uh, IwanX says, do you know what happened to Patrick Romero to put him on the injuries list? I do not. I actually, um... Did a little mining for the that information earlier. I was also trying to get Romarian. Who is the other one? Bedell. And I haven't gotten anything back. Um, so I, I'm sorry about that. TK Rendleman says, T. Krendelman says, please help me convince Cardinals Gifts to be a guest star on Pad and he can even use a disguise. Uh, you no, know, like the gorillas. Look, let Cardinals Gifts do whatever Cardinals Gifts wants. I, I think at one point I had him convinced to be a voice. Like, uh, nothing mask-wise to be a voice, but just let that guy live, man. He, he's the best. He's out in front of Cardinal Twitter uh, more so than anyone else. Just just let him do his own thing. Uh, Dick, Hunt, Dick Hunt Dylan says, why have the Cardinals held back Trajan and Tink Hens? But, you know, um, from what I understand, it's just, you know, they're a little bit more raw than the other players, and it's just about getting them in a position that when they can contribute, they're ready to contribute, and that they're not. Look, Trajan Fletcher... He's worked hard. I, look, I'm not going to talk about Tink Hens. Tink Hens is a work. He's a hard worker. Uh, when he's there, he'll be ready for it. I have no doubt about it. With Trajan Fletcher, again, hard worker too, and he's worked his ass off to get in that position. But remember, we talked about it over and over and over again from the day that Trajan Fletcher was drafted until this very moment now. That is a very, very raw young man who is a, an athlete before he's a baseball player who just needs to continue to learn. You know, you don't want to put him at Palm Beach and have him strike out 45% of the time, which could happen. Uh, that's well within the like the realm of possibility with him. So you get him, you, if you have to hold him off until the GCL season's ready to go, you hold him off until the GCL season's ready to go and and let him rake in the GCL again uh, and then get him in a position for Palm Beach. Don't, don't overexpose these kids if you don't have to, you know it. He, he's still raw. He's still an athlete. He'll be closer to a baseball player the next time you see him, and that's really what you need to concentrate on. See, this is one of those reasons why overhyping a prospect is tough, specifically when you're talking about athletes first. Uh, Trajan Fletcher could end up being a really great major league outfielder. He uh, he has it in him. It's there. But when you draft a kid like that second overall, and then he rakes in the GCL right away, but you don't give him a chance to fail – and then you get him to Johnson City and he strikes out 45% of the time or whatever, it creates kind of an unrealistic standard for fans. And it's not about the fans. You know, his development isn't about us. It's not about fans. It's not about evaluators. It's not even about the Cardinals. It's about him. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind when we when we talk about these kids, you know, and, and we hype them up and we pump them up, uh, that it's really not about us. It's about them. But, uh, you know, you always want to put them in a position where they're going to be successful. And I just... Don't know, and uh, total speculation, it's not fair. I don't think that Trajan Fletcher was in a position to be successful at Palm Beach had he started with Palm Beach. Uh, TK, TK Rundleman says, I am also convinced that you and Cardinals get to the same person. Prove me wrong. I wish I could, uh, but I can't. Uh, I can tell you that we're not the same person. Jigsy, he's a, he's a way better human being than I am. I'm trash, man. Jigsy says, that Kevin Pillar video is rough. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Helmsley, Helm Sam 
Sammy Helms says, how's Herrera doing, Yvonne Herrera? Look, I've been impressed with Herrera. He had a better week one than he had a week two. He's striking out a little bit more in week two than he had in week one, but he's been really good behind the plate. Look, I think one of the uh, one of the huge positives that we've seen out of the minor league teams is the play behind the plate. And again, you know, I, I'm not doing a good job of evaluating framing. Uh, and besides, minor league umpires are so bad. I mean, you think major league umpires are bad? Watch three minor league games in a row or three minor league games at one time like I do, and you'll see just how bad those minor league umpires are. But uh, other than the framing aspect of the job, like Dennis Ortega has been a really, really good behind the plate for Triple for A Memphis. Avon uh, Herrera and before he got hurt, Julio Rodriguez were both really impressive behind the plate for Springfield. Zade Richardson uh, and Pedro Pajes for Peoria have been great back there. Zade Richardson is one of like, my 2021 early highlights watching him uh he's a that is a stout young man who is he has athleticism in uh in droves and a really great compact easy swing got a little bit of pop in there uh uh like all of the catchers in the system there's been really great catching in the system uh, another what is becoming a hallmark of the cardinal system so yeah herrera has been really good behind the plate He's had some ups and downs so far hitting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, Springfield is an aggressive promotion for all of the, the 20-year-old kids, 20 and 21-year-old kids. It's not about how he's doing. It's about how he's going to continue to adjust. Quinn says, I'm not worried about 18-year-old Walker being blocked at a position at all. Won't be an issue for a while. And even if it is, like, an issue next year, say that he is in a Juan Soto position to um, impact the major league somehow next year or something like that, They'll find a spot for him. He'll find a spot for sure. KJ Dunn says, who are we regretting trading the most five years from now, Jag, Randy, or Voigt? Uh, I'll say, you know, at this point, Luke Voigt is in a home run champion. Sure, it was in a, a shortened season. But, you know, Luke Voigt, I mean, Randy Rosarena and Jag are going to have to do some pretty amazing stuff. And, you know, Randy's postseason last year was awesome. He hasn't quite reached that level of stardom so far this year. And Jag is you know, Jag's off to a really hot start, too. But keep in mind that Jag has always been a streaky hitter. And then here in a little bit, he could end up looking really bad and maybe not even being on the Major League roster. Uh, so I'll say Luke Boyd just based surely, like solely on what he's already done uh, and hope that that means that Randy Rosarena. Well, you know, I take that back. I want Randy Rosarena to be that World Series 2020 playoffs version of him because I like Randy Rosarena so much. I want all of these guys at the Cardinals trade to continue to be successful. Uh, and I think that's like, sure, it's tough on fans and they're always going to say, Jag, you missed on Jag, you missed on Randy, you missed on Luke. Uh, but I don't care about that. Like, I want these kids to be successful because they have it in them. And I think it's good for the Cardinals in the long run. And also, it shows us that the Cardinals are at least targeting talent in the right way. Uh, but of those three, to the question as I ramble on, I'll say Voight because I like, it's not about what they gave up for him. I don't care. We get so caught up in trades and winning and losing and what you got and what you gave up. Who cares about that? Uh, but I, I just think that, like, Luke Boyd has already done something that a lot of these other guys aren't going to do. Uh, and that's that's says more than what they could potentially do, I guess. Uh, Derek says, you've been able to see any John Beller 12Ks in his last start. So uh, I'm under the impression, just talking to some people, that the undrafted Beller from USC is a lot like Michael Yasenka. Um, so that, that less developed talent, he's probably going to do pretty well against, uh, I'm anxious to see how quickly he gets to Peoria, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen any of them other than the highlights that I saw at USC. 
Um, he's more of a command pitcher, throws some pretty good off-speed offerings, but I haven't, I didn't see his 12K performance, and I was told, uh, I was told by somebody that uh, it's the type of stuff that's not going to translate any further than maybe Peoria, but we'll see. You know, he could be Alex Fagalde, he could be Tommy Parsons, something like that. Uh, only time will tell. Gifts is in here. Gifts is always in here. I, I don't do this unless Gifts is here most of the time. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to... What happens is, uh, so on this new format we have, we're doing StreamYard so that we can do YouTube, Twitter Live, and Twitch all at once. And what happens is with the comments, which are over here on the screen, if you don't do them in real time, so if I swipe up to the last comment, and then I get to the bottom of the comments that are present to me, when I get all the way down, it jumps at like 10 minutes to comments. And then I've got to scroll back to, to where we left off. So I apologize about that. Um, Peoria repping, hell yeah, that's right. I love my time in Peoria. Uh, I just be a, yeah, Gift says he'd just be a laugh track. Shadows of Bueno on Twitter says, uh, on Twitch says, Kyle, when you get big on Twitch, you need to get a Cardinals emoji like this. Uh, I don't know what the hell that is, but I like it. Hello, Victoria again, and she says hello to Cardinals Gifts. Trinople says, can't wait until Evan Mendoza gets a crack. Feel like he's the hardest worker in the organization. Yeah, Evan Mendoza is definitely one of the, uh, another hard worker in the organization. You know, um, I root for Evan Mendoza. He's been all over the diamond, and he's been impressive all over the diamond. He's made some good plays at first. He's made some good plays at third. He's made some great plays at short. That bodes well. You know, uh, his contact tools come a long way. I thought by now he'd be hitting for a little bit of power, but honestly, as long as he's not striking out, if, if he's a bench bat, uh, that's really all you need. You don't really need a lot of power or anything. You just need him to be able to spray the ball kind of all over like he's doing right now, uh, getting aggressive in counts. But, yeah, look, Evan Mendoza is one of those guys I would love to see make a major league debut. Uh, I was hoping that Max Moroff would end up being like a, a – a, Two-week catalyst for the Cardinals' offense. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. And Jose Rondon has definitely struggled at the plate a little bit for Memphis in the last couple games. So maybe if things uh, don't work out with uh, uh, Paul DeYoung getting back healthy and ready to go, maybe Evan Mendoza ends up getting the call. And I, I'd love to see it. You know, Evan Mendoza is another one of these guys who, if challenged, seems to always rise to the challenge. So maybe that means at the major league level. Trent, uh, let's see. Can't, oh, Derek says, heard anything on Roblin Heredia, 18-year-old catcher just promoted to Palm Beach. I know that he had the RBI, uh, an RBI yesterday. I know he's got a little bit more lively of a bat. But, uh, you know, to me, I don't I, – again, Ionic, Derek, he's the kind of guy that I don't care about. I just I, – I hate to be that way. And it's not it's not for any reason, but, like, it's just like uh, uh, Carlos Soto, right? There's an interesting bat there. Probably not the skills to be a catcher regularly, consistently. Uh, and success that's inflated by the league per age the last time he was there in 2019. So uh, I don't know much about Roblin Heredia. And honestly, like, until he gives me a reason to focus on him, I'm probably not going to. Uh, Derek, there are so many other, like, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez isn't there. He's hurt. He's on the IL. Uh, but, I mean, there there's literally everyone else on that roster that I'm more interested in than Roblin Heredia. I hate to be that way. And maybe he'll pique my interest, and maybe here in three months you're, we're, we're laughing about this moment. But I just – he's not one of those guys that I've keyed in on, and I don't see myself keying in on, to be honest with you. Trent Apple says, also, Tommy Parsons could help this bullpen currently. Tommy Parsons walked three guys the other day. Tommy Parsons is not that much better currently at this very moment at throwing strikes than some of these guys in the bullpen. So – 
I would say that the people that could help this bullpen are the arms that Schilt would actually go to. You know, if he's not going to go to uh, Seth Elledge, if he doesn't feel comfortable going to Jake Woodford, then don't put them in the bullpen. Find arms that they will, even if that means you got to pick an arm off the scrap heap somewhere. You know, that, to me, you want to know why some of these guys are having trouble throwing strikes, why Helsley and Tyler Webb and Giovanni Gallegos might have trouble throwing strikes. It's because they've been used so goddamn much earlier in the year, and other guys aren't. And that's not good for their command. You know, uh, Hennessy Cabrera has always had a command issue. He's going to throw, struggle to throw strikes sometimes. Uh, you just got to work through the bad to get through the good, to get to the good. But, yeah, like, I think having bullpen options that the manager doesn't feel comfortable going to or won't go to is part of the reason why we're seeing all of these walks. I, I, I really do. You know, I, I think that leads to it. You know, your fatigued arms that are you keep going to and going to and going to. Cards clone says, window, and you know, Trent Apple, getting back to Tommy Parsons, I do think that there's a chance Tommy Parsons could be in a position to help the bullpen or maybe even the starting rotation. But I think more than likely you're going to see that be John Gant when Miles Michaelis gets healthy, and then Daniel Ponce de Leon shortly thereafter. Uh, and also Seamart, you know, back in the rotation and how that all shakes out when he gets healthy, when that ankle's healthy. Uh, Cards clone says, when does GCL start? Uh, I don't know. You know, that's that, my guess would be about draft time, right? So the draft is the end of July now, right? August, some shit like that. Uh, right about then, because they'll start placing some of the draft picks in the GCL. Uh, 901 Cardinal says, AutoZone Park back to full capacity. When are you coming to Memphis? Uh, I'll be in Memphis probably here in the next couple months. I don't, Memphis isn't at the top of my list. I'll, you know, Springfield and Peoria are at the top of my list because of accessibility. Memphis is kind of a pain. It's an easy drive. It's a four-hour drive from St. Louis. Uh, but, you know, getting a hotel is kind of expensive. And even like an Airbnb, even with uh, restrictions uh, uh, falling off of the table, with restrictions becoming less and less common, uh, getting to Memphis isn't necessarily as uh, cost-effective or efficient for me. But I'll be down there by the end of the year, no doubt about it. You know, I love AutoZone Park. I love Memphis. I love that town. Uh, it's just that I'll probably do more than likely Peoria one more time. I'll do Springfield one time. I have to go visit my brother in Portland. I'll probably do that. And then uh, Memphis sometime thereafter. Maybe the All-Star break if I'm if I'm being conservative in my estimation. Uh, TK Rendleman says, Kyle, serious question. Uh, you go to Peoria a lot, so have you ever been to Saddle Up? I don't go to Peoria a lot. I've only been there a couple times. I'd like to go a little bit more frequently. You ask if I've been to Saddle Up. I have not been to Saddle Up. Uh, 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 T.K. Rendleman. Uh, but it's funny because the hotel we stayed at, we stayed at the Samuel Clemens, or otherwise known as the Mark Twain Hotel. And the guy who was at the front desk, uh, he said he's, he was talking about going to the Saddle Up and liking it a lot as a club, as a hot spot. And, uh, yeah, it sounded like a cool spot. He was talking about his girlfriend and some crazy stuff, uh, that poor guy. But, uh, no, it seems like a really cool place. Uh, again, that's just a really cool town I like a lot. I'll check it out. Look, a lot of that stuff is just a little too energetic for me. You know, I'm a sit in my apartment, uh, drink booze, and uh, get us to a nice quiet night of sleepless whatever it is. Uh, so, yes, I, I, how about this? The next time I go, I'll go to the Saddle Up, and I promise I'll give you a full-on report. Uh, Trisha Hudson gives a big heart uh, to Zade Richardson. We raise our glass to, to Trisha Hudson and Zade Richardson. A Jigsy says, Kyle, give us a stand back and watch it burn take. How about this? Um, Tom Barrasso 
should be the starting goalie for the St. Louis Blues for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Stand back and watch it burn. Um, I think that Juan Nicasio would be an upgrade for the Cardinals bullpen. Hashtag stand back and watch it burn. Uh, Jack, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, uh, Jack off to a great start. Uh, um yeah, Jack Flaherty's been amazing. That has been a great thing uh, to watch Jack Flaherty get off to a hot start. I, we root for Jack Flaherty. He's earned it. He's a great kid, great family. Uh, hopefully that continues. Thoughts on Evan Sisk from Iowa. Look, he's a tough lefty. He throws from a three-quarter slot, throws across his body. Uh, you know, he he had a he closed out that game uh, in Peoria the other night. I like his stuff. I don't think... Nothing against Evan Sisk. I don't view him as anything more than organizational depth, really. Again, that's not to beat him up or anything like that. It's just to say that, you know, uh, I just don't know how far up his stuff is going to play. Like, you know, uh, think about Jacob Patterson. Like, Jacob Patterson is also the same kind of lefty. He doesn't throw – he doesn't break down as far as Evan Sisk does. Uh, but he – Evan Sisk does. But when he, he comes set, he faces the camera out in the outfield – and he throws across his body, and he has a good breaking pitch and a fringy fastball. Uh, but when he got up to the next level, he just isn't performing exactly up to standards. Uh, but he's doing great at the level he's at right now. And uh, he's a great kid, too. He's tall, lanky, and he, he gets on hitters a little, a little deeper than Jacob Patterson does. But, look, I like what he's doing for uh, Peoria so far. Uh, the other thing is... The, the relief pitcher, Freddie Pachicho, for Peoria is the guy to watch. Uh, Leonardo Tavares, not impressive over the weekend. Again, big arm, big body, big velocity, not quite impressed. But Freddie Pachicho, he gets a lot of swing and misses. He if he, can, if he can just continue to throw strikes, he's going to be a bullpen option for the Cardinals somewhere along the lines. He and Edgar Escobar are the only two like relief pitchers specifically. You know, not including Griffin Roberts, not including... Logan Gregg, they still might have starter potential, not including Zach Thompson, who pitched out of relief the other night. Like uh, the fringe full-time relievers who have been full-time relievers in the organization up until this po- up until this point, Edgar Escobar and Freddy Pachicho are the two guys to keep an eye on. Uh, I feel like Arenado has lit a spark of energy underneath this team, something we've been missing. Yeah, he definitely makes the team uh, deeper, and they seem to be having fun when they're winning. Uh, and we're just going to have to wait and see where it goes from there. Yeah, look, he's a fun guy who makes the lineup better, who makes the defense better, even though he struggled. And uh, I think it's reasonable to expect that that type of player with that type of attitude uh, is nothing but positives for uh, for a clubhouse. So, yeah, I get what you're saying there, Cardinals fan 022. Uh, Ray Smith, R.C. Smith says, uh, great point. I never made one before, so I wouldn't know what you were talking about in the first place. Trent Upple says, you're the man. Thanks for doing these. Sorry I took the year off last year going to be more active. Please come on in, Trent Apple. Look, I don't blame anybody for taking last year off. I don't blame anybody for not being active in this. Uh, this is, I like, I don't understand why this is a thing, but you guys make it a thing, and you guys are the reason why I do it. So, again, to all my pad people, whether you were in here last year or not, if you're in here now or not, uh, if you've ever been a part of this little funny thing that we do, I raise my glass of booze to you, to the pad people. Thank you for being here. You can get this mug over at birdsontheblack.com. Go to the store. Buy the stuff. It's amazing. Get it. Uh, uh, T.K. Rendleman, is, is your name Tori? Tori, is that you? Is it, it's Tori, right? Am I wrong about that? Uh, a mechanical bull, what more can you ask for? Look, I promise if I get down there and I get to the saddle up, I'll ride the mechanical bull. 
Uh, I'll break my back, and uh, we'll get some video of it. But it, look, booze and mechanical bull, I'm in. Uh, Trisha Hudson says, Kyle, thank you. I've got my glass of Widow Jane. Cheers. Awesome. One more time. Look, I love that. Again, whether you're drinking booze, whether you're drinking bourbon or wine or beer or water or orange juice or Pepsi or cola, uh, we raise our glass. Thanks for coming and having a good time. Uh, we, again, you, everybody, we raise our glass. Be Padaddy, who's got the thumbs up. Iowa Next says, what's going on with Sahas? We'll get to Sahas here in a second. But to all the pad people, I raise my glass. We only have a couple more minutes, and then the Blues are going to play. Uh, so we'll probably uh, cut it off. But uh, to the pad people. Uh, let's see. Iowa Next asks, what's going on with Sahas? Now, this is something that Troy Poole and I were talking about at the a Peoria game. His mechanics look rough. His mechanics look rough, uh, and his, his command is rough. And when he is putting stuff over the plate, it's getting hit. It's just not good for Alvaro Sejas right now. You know, I think more than likely Sejas is going to be one of those guys who has a second half surge. I, I just think that going an entire like year really uh, without real competitive action has is, is hurt him. I think his adrenaline has been too high for these starts. I think he's just not controlling his emotions. The first start for Alvaro Sejas for Springfield, it was like – he just could not control his emotions. You could see it. He was getting frustrated with the um, um, with the the umpire, even though the umpire was doing a good job. Uh, he was just frustrated, and he was emotional. He needs to kind of rein it back a little bit, get comfortable, relax. And also, his mechanics are sloppy. They're they're more sloppy than they've ever been. Remember, uh, he had a violent delivery, and now it's gone from violent to sloppy. Uh, it balance is all over the place. He's dropping his arm way too early, and I just think there's a lot of really really, really bad things happening all at one time. Yes, I'm Tori. Hello, Tori. All right, cool. I'll keep that in mind that TK Rendleman is Tori. That'll make it easier on me because I'm probably butchering uh, what your handle's supposed to be and then your last name. And uh, I'm sorry about that, Tori. Uh, Victoria, cheers with her coffee. That's right. Victoria is our, our coffee drinker because she's usually at work watching Prospects After Dark. I'll take a sip of beer to that. KJ Dunn says, would Angel Rondon be an upgrade over what we have in the bullpen? Man, uh, so no, not at this moment. Everyone here knows that I love Angel Rondon. He is one of my favorite, personal favorite prospects. But the guy who's on the mound for Memphis right now is not a major league pitcher. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening. I know that his velocity was up for Memphis, but he's leaving everything over the middle of the plate. And that slider that I saw that had great bite is it's not there. The curveball's better, but. That, that that slider cutter, you know, when he would throw it like a cutter, had such great bite, and it's just not there right now. Angel Rondon has a lot that he needs to work through before I would consider him a major league option. Uh, and, and I'm like, even if he has like one good appearance, whether it's a start or out of relief, of uh, four innings in his next appearance, like he's letting up a lot of hard hit. I guess when I was to finish that thought, he's just not ready. It doesn't look like he's ready. It looks like he's taking steps back, uh, even with the increase in velocity. Like, it's just, it hasn't been good. It, leaving too much over the middle of the plate, getting hit hard, even the outs. Uh, unfortunately, Angel Rondon just isn't there yet. Uh, Victoria says, love you all, but the Blues game is starting. Let's go, Blues. Good night. So I will raise my glass one more time to the pad people. Thank you for being in here on a Monday night for Prospects After Dark. I'm going to try to do pad every Monday when we can, but also you guys know how we do it. We're going to try to do it whenever we get a break uh, in Major League action and Minor League action. Uh, so to all the pad people, I raise my glass. And I also raise my glass to all the birds on the black people. Uh, I, you know, Tara's really close to getting married, so she's not on chirps. 
uh, all that often. She isn't doing chirps very frequently. But I know that Alex Chris Foley is doing it, and I think he's going to have C70 on this week. That's exciting. I plan to be on chirps the week of Six of Water or something like that. Uh, Drew Langley, thank you. Um, on Thursday, I'm going to be on the Cardinals Off Day podcast with Ben Humphreys and Ben Godar. Uh, two, uh, look, I love Ben Godar. I don't know as much about Ben Humphreys. I love Ben Godar. Awesome guy. I'm anxious to talk about the system with them. Check that out, the Cardinals Off Day podcast. But to all my people at Birds on the Black, uh, Tara and Alex Chris Foley, who do chirps regularly, to uh, Cardinals Gifts, who is our magic man, to Enchil, who is another magic man, to Stu Styles, who does the amazing game recap. Stu is the fucking best. Uh, to Ben Cerruti, who you know did the projections at the beginning of the year, is still writing great articles analyzing the current team. Uh, to Zach Gifford, who we're trying to get to do nerds again. So if you if you feel so inclined, drop in, tell Zach that we're in desperate need of a nerds on the black. Uh, uh, to all of my birds on the black family, I raise my glass. You're the best. Uh, I feel privileged to be a part of the group as always. And that's it. If you watch this, you're a part of the Reese Resistance. Uh, come back. We'll have prospects after dark again very, 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 very soon. As compared as compared to how we've done it in frequent, infrequently uh, in, in the recent past. Uh, but for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on, on the Black, I am Kyle Reese. Uh, if you watch this, you are part of the Reese existence. Keep being cool to each other. Keep being respectful to each other. Remember, our rights are limited by the rights of other people. Uh, uh, and as always, family, uh, happy hunting. I love you all, Stu. Uh, uh, Jeff Niehaus, all you. Love all you guys. Happy hunting. Yeah.